We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast. It's the podcast about the show, the show within the show. We thank you for being part of this. You can get it on its own podcast feed. Search Permission Granted or... Simply search The DA Show, and it pops up in that feed as well. And if you use the free Odyssey app to listen to The DA Show, you can always listen to the podcast as well, because the podcasts are housed inside the free Odyssey app. So it is now the middle of, we followed Wednesday's episode of Radio Faux Week here on the show. Most shows are on Radio Row. In fact, I think all CBS Sports Radio shows are now on Radio Row besides us and Amy's After Hours show. So the rest of the the rest of the crew all out in Phoenix, which is great. It's great for the listeners to be able to get that live feel of Radio Row. And there's great guests and specifically the Jim Rome show does such a good job. They do great research about the guests and they Jim's a really good interviewer. So he gets a lot out of the guests and you know, it's, it's fun. It's festive. It's fun. It's a great way. I think to kind of kick off your Super Bowl interests and then also kind of wind down the football season. So I like radio row, but also I am, you know, such a history of the NFL geek that that's where I really, really get off is that, when we have Dan Marino on Radio Row or we have Barry Sanders on Radio Row or we have some of the greats, the legends, I mean, I just, I'm head over heels. That's when I pinch myself. There's only a few times I've ever interviewed anybody that I've really been like, whoa, can you believe this is happening? One was Joe Montana Radio Row. Two was Dan Marino Radio Row. Three was Ken Griffey Jr. Radio Row. Those were all Radio Rows over the last four or five years or so. Yeah, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. was seven years ago because that was San Francisco. Oh, right. But that picture came up, and I realized how fat I was because we looked, okay. I looked like a third fat Griffey. I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was bad. So that part, and I think we've been pretty open about this, that part has been a bit of a bummer for me. I wanted to go to the Super Bowl. I had conversations with the bosses about sending us, and they just felt like they were they were dug in. They were like, it's going to be 4 in the morning out there in Arizona. You're not going to be able to get any guests and you, we don't want you doing a show, which usually feels energetic and lively. And you guys are always laughing with two of you guys in Arizona, two of you guys back here in New York city, probably bogus and Bilotti would have to stay back and it sounding disjointed, especially from a dark, quiet, cavernous radio row, which to a certain degree, I understand. So my personality is I don't, 
take no easily in this profession. And I, I think it has benefited me over the years. Like when I was unable to get a job early, it was stick to this, stick to this, stick to this. It doesn't matter if a million no's come up, you just need one yes. And so that part of my brain was sharpened early in this profession. And it's kind of my personality in a lot of ways. If I have an idea in my mind and an, a project I want to execute, you, it really is hard for me to just back off and be like, let's punt. I, it's hard for me to do that. My inclination is let's find a different way to do it. Let's find a different way to solve the same problem. But there was no way to solve this. They just were not going to send us out to Arizona. So I was just like, well, this week still has to be fun. We can't like sit here and be bummed we're not out there. So let's make this fun and let's really go overboard making it like a circus. And these are the shows that I really like, is that when the show really feels like a circus. And I don't know if we're always doing the best thing by a listener. Take today's show, for example. Last night, LeBron James passes Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the all-time scorers list in the NBA. Might have crowned him the number one player of all time. Certainly a historic moment. We led the show talking about it. And then I kind of didn't talk about it again except one short segment at the top of the eight. Is that the best thing for the listener? Maybe not. Maybe I should have hit LeBron every hour on the hour, every segment a little bit, just to keep people engaged because they tune in saying, like, I wonder what DA thinks about LeBron. Maybe. I didn't. I get caught up in, you know, how much fun the rest of the circus is. And today, for Circus Quotient, was an all-timer. Because... (laughs) We had, number one, the Schwartz Super Draft, which was unbelievably fun. We had Lucy Burge doing crazy prop bets, like what color dress Rihanna's going to wear. We had, well, we, we were going to have Taco Tuesday, and then we had some other things lined up, and then the blackout happened. And then the show went into blackout. It did. Kind of like the Niners-Ravens Super Bowl. We had a half hour of blackout where we were talking. You could hear on the air, which was good. But on the other side of the glass, complete chaos breaking out. Pete, you, Pat Boyle, combined with engineers trying to get us back on the air, get the sound back so that we could hear ourselves and we could go to break, et cetera. And I come out of today's show, I'm like, that was so much fun. That was so many laughs and so much fun. We were just starting to take random questions over Twitter. Like, are you an ordained minister, DA? Can you marry us if we come to the Bob's Bar Show? And that's the stuff that I love. And so this week has been pure craziness, which I love. And I think it's been, for my money, maybe slightly more enjoyable than being out in Phoenix. Because as much as I love being out there, and like I said, talking to legends... It's exhausting, number one, because it's not like you're done with the show after four hours, then you're done. You spend the rest of your day kind of working. You're taping interviews. You're organizing interviews. You're coming back to the set. You're meeting with other people, you know, and you're just kind of constantly on. You just have to constantly, you can't, there's no way to turn it off and like be quiet. Also, we'd be waking up two hours earlier than we normally do. So like real middle of the night, like 3 a.m., 2.30 a.m. type of thing. And, uh, earlier than that we'd be on the air by 4 a.m so it would have been really exhausting 
And this this week has been not that at all. So in some ways, it's actually been a little better to do it this way. And it's been, to me, kind of this fun middle ground of we've had some good guests, like we had DeMarcus Ware on the show, and we, we were going to have Steve Large on the show before the blackout happened. We, we did some good stuff football-wise on Monday leading into the week. We had the discussion of the top five defensive players of all time after LT made that ranking. We've, we've had some good sports stuff, the Kyrie trade. But then it's also been just loopy enough to feel insane for most of the week. So I think we've yeah. struck a really nice balance. Yeah, I, and look, we had the guest of the week at CBS Sports Radio. We had Ben Franklin. That's the biggie. How could it not be? The most iconic Philly sports fan of all time, Ben Franklin. Yeah, like when when history is written about Super Bowl 57, sure, you know, you'll talk about how great Tyree was with Jim Rome. Sure, you know, you'll talk about whatever, uh, you know, whoever Maggie and Perloff have on the rest of the week. But you're going to talk about Ben Franklin starting off the week on Radio Row on the DA show. I mean, it's Ben Franklin. And I didn't see him on anybody else's guest list. Ben Franklin talking about the biggest rivalry. Is it the Red Coach or the Cowboys? Whether Santa deserved it? Getting the snowballs thrown at him? Quote, some might say Santa deserved it. You haven't gotten out of anybody of importance in Philly to date, and we got that out of Ben Franklin. Yeah. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of like behind the scenes. Can you believe how silly this is? Which I like dueling Canadian bacons during Super Bowl week was a real thrill. Incredible. Watching Pete work as a boss and then, you know, jump in on a moment's notice back onto the show and jump back out like he's playing the hokey pokey back to being a boss has been incredible to observe. So let's talk about the ballad of Bilotti here for a moment. <laughs> this week, he was slated to just work in the newsroom. He was just going to be doing his work, managerial work, scheduling, payroll, whatever that is, from the newsroom. He was going to be kind of away from us a little bit, which I think he was looking forward to. Oh, how could you not? I think he was looking forward to coming in early, leaving relatively early, and kind of like not having to deal with the nuts and bolts of the show. Just managerial oversight. And that's kind of chill, right? Day one, we send Bogish into the newsroom to do a one-on-one interview. <laughs> so already Pete's getting needled by us. Some of the questions is, what time are you going to leave, Pete? What do you actually do, Pete? And he's not having it. One-word answers. And not only ha- not a happy, crowd around him listening and observing <laughs> the interview with light bulbs and flash bulbs going off everywhere. Paparazzi. Cap comes into the newsroom to take photos. He's snapping so many pictures with a flash, it looks like literally there's paparazzi <laughs> flashing with this one-on-one. So Pete's now dragged into us making fun of the whole bit immediately. Fun of every, we're making fun of everything right off the, the top of the week. <laughs> Pete's annoyed, you can tell. Very short. I come out of the show after Monday. I'm like, Pete, great job. That was really funny. He just like grumbled something. <laughs> Took a shot of my makeup during the interview. Which is fair. Oh, totally. You know, if we're gonna, that's the whole thing. You're going to take shots. You're going to take shots back. Absolutely. And I'm glad Pete got a dig in on me because he was annoyed by me and everybody that day. That's Monday. Tuesday, you come down with an afternoon illness and have to call out sick, meaning that suddenly Pete's got to swing back into his normal chair, pushing Boyle into your seat, and now 
Pete's doing on day two a second job that he didn't think he was going to have to do. And there is no more helpless feeling than feeling ill and knowing, oh, no, I have to call Pete that I feel ill. And, oh, no, Pete might have to have himself be the replacement. Yes. It is an empty feeling. You would actually rather just not tell anybody and die inside than have to contact Pete in that scenario. So now we've put it upon him twice. We've made fun of Monday. Tuesday, he's forced back into working on the show while also doing his managerial stuff, I guess. Not thrilled. He's not thrilled at that setup. Oh, how was his, his mode Tuesday? You could tell it was a little of, I can't believe I'm roped in here. Yeah, it was a little bit like, I I expected this week to be kind of like easy breezy, and now um, <laughs> it's twice as hard as it used to be. <laughs> then we get to Wednesday. Now he slides back into management's chair. You have come back to the show, and everything's going okay until hour three when you decide in the middle of everything, let's also make breakfast tacos. Oh, no. At that point in time, whatever happens, it happens, but we, oh, we've we got... Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You can continue the story any way you want. Yeah. But because this is going out for public consumption, I don't like the framing. You decide for whatever reason <laughs> to make breakfast tacos. This was very much something that was discussed <laughs> it and was. universally agreed upon with the show. It was. That, that was. Where you decided to make it was not universally agreed upon. That was a slight miscommunication. Either way, <laughs> hour three, breakfast tacos start getting made, and the blackout happens. And at that point, the taco making has to be aborted, and all hell breaks loose. At this point, <laughs> we don't know why we're off the air. We don't know if we're off the air. I'm saying into a microphone to a 200 affiliates, if you can hear us, tweet us. <laughs> I didn't even know you said that. So tweets are pouring in. I'm listening to you on SiriusXM. I can hear you. I'm listening Harrisburg. I can hear you. No, you're loud and clear. Okay. Twitch has got us. YouTube has got us. The affiliates have got us. So we just can't hear each other. We can't hear audio that we play. We can't take phone calls. We can't go to commercial break. That's the problem. So it's just vamp. It's just stretch. Pete has to come running in. You go running out like your hair is on fire. What? What? We're off the air. We're off the air. <laughs> it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. Again, I think I react differently if Pete's not the acting boss. He's got the scare tactic in We're here. off the air. Boyle's like, I don't know, guys. You're like, I don't know. You run into the newsroom. You run into uh, the studio, and you're like, guys, take it. And you do, behind the glass, what looks like to be the chicken dance. You're using both hands <laughs> Just to, to talk. signal talk <laughs> yeah, with your hands. That looks like a chicken <laughs> squawking <laughs> and so we're like okay i guess talk okay <laughs> you then run to the newsroom to get engineers pete has to come in and it's like what's going on now pete is forced on day three <laughs> to come back in from the newsroom and try to fix something that's gone kablooey <laughs> and i'll state I, I i will reveal this to the pgp part of my franticness was i do not want to get blamed for anything so, real quickly, my my thing was clean up making breakfast tacos as quick as possible because even if it's not that, it's going to get blamed for that. So, <laughs> it's chaos. It's it's total fire drill time. <laughs> Guys are coming in, engineers can't figure out what's happening. And then it's like, okay, let's just try to go to the update. Bogues does an update, can't hear his audio, plays it anyway. 
We start taking Q&DA on Twitter. We try to just, like, <laughs> buy as much time. And on the other side of the glass, here's Pete. His head is about to explode. He looks like the character in Inside Out, that Pixar film that plays anger, where he just gets red in the face and then his head explodes like a warhead and it's just fire going up. Pete is just disgusted that he has now been drawn into <laughs> this chaos. Again, three days he thought he was going to have like a little bit of like a breather and every day was progressively worse. Well, isn't that the bit though? If you get asked to step in substitute teacher or, or any kind of management, hey, you're going to be acting boss. The bottom line is it sounds like a sweet gig until you're actually needed. And I think the idea is Pete probably knew oh, it's going to make me look good, but nothing's going to happen. Half the shows are in Arizona. I'm going to be fine. To deal with a blackout <laughs> after having to then fill in and double dip the day before is the last thing you needed. I will just tell you, as you guys were vamping, there were a lot of curse words fired my way, Boyle's way. Uh, his face had turned red. I think I was told this better be bleeping it for shenanigans with you guys this week. <laughs> it was a bad scene. I, I felt very uncomfortable. So, you know, and me and Bo, 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 Bogus are going to rate whether Pete has handled management well on okay. side B, but I'll tell you, it was a, just for me as an employee, I have not felt comfortable. By the end of that saga, which is the end of hour three, Pete just comes in and he's just shaking his head like, I can't believe you guys. This is exhausting. I'm so frustrated. You guys are a disaster. And it's like, it's like, you know, when your grandparent comes over because your parents went away on a vacation and you just run them ragged and they're like, what is wrong with you savages? That's how Pete was looking at us. And it was just, he couldn't believe it. I have to say too, because the studio is down and everybody in our audience could hear you guys, You, the reason we're doing hand signals is you guys could not hear us communicate back on the other side. So because of that, and because you thought I was doing the chicken dance, Pete's big boss solution was write out what's going on in post-it notes and hand it to DA. So here I am feeding you post-it notes, and I can't keep a straight face because you're laughing at every post-it note received as Bogus is trying to talk on the air. And there was a moment that I felt kind of guilty, a little unprofessional, that as our engineers were scrambling to fix everything, I was laughing like a hyena, and then we had this like techno remix music coming back, and I was just doing techno moves. Like These guys are working their ass off because they're in panic mode, and I was just laughing because it's just like, this is so silly and stupid. <laughs> but I really shouldn't have because it really, for them, it was very serious. For me, it wasn't that serious, but it was so classic. It was just the most classic way that this could go. And we wrap up hour three with coming back for hour four with the Schwartz super draft. I mean, it's just like we went from unprofessional to doubly unprofessional in like one fell swoop. Pete sits down and suddenly his eyes light up. He likes that exercise. He was into the Schwartz super draft as we drafted what we thought would be the platters on Schwartz's Super Bowl menu spread. Yeah, and if we've learned anything, it's when Pete gets upset with us, find something Schwartz-related. Because even if you don't want to discuss why he's upset, it'll and inevitably unify everybody and bring Pete back in. It's it's like giving a dog a biscuit when you want to see him sit and get a paw. That's exactly what's happened. He loves it. He loves it. He can't get enough. And it was genius. It was a great draft. 
it was really fun. And randomly to have Caserta involved over Zoom. <laughs> like the deal or no deal banker. He was just back there. He just <laughs> popped up out of nowhere. He had a dream catcher in the background. <laughs> you got to look inside the Caserta Palisade there. That was so much fun. So now we have a bingo card. We'll have you randomly generated outside of our two draft picks. We'll have Pete post Schwartz all of his food. And then on Tuesday's show, we're going to play bingo. We're going to play Schwartz Super Bingo. And Cap is going to take those still shots, flash them on screen. And as we see our items in order, we're going to cross it out and then try to get bingo. We haven't decided what we're going to win yet, but Tuesday after the Super Bowl is going to be Schwartz Bingo. What's truly unique about this event, the Schwartz Bingo, and I think hasn't been discussed enough, is that in theory, our whole plan for Schwartz Bingo goes up in smoke if Schwartz doesn't share a Super Bowl spread. True. But we are so beyond confident that he will that it's not even a second thought in our mind. It's just like we know he's sharing the spread, so therefore we could plan this whole thing and know we will not be let down and we'll have it. Now you said after the championship games that he's more looking forward to the menu of the game than the actual Super Bowl. As if it's something unique that he doesn't have <laughs> on an annual basis or a daily basis. I don't have the picks in front of me. Oh, oh you do? I have a handwritten. I forgot. I wanted to put this in my mailbox in case we didn't have any email. Okay. Who do you think had the best draft? All right. Let me look at this here. I, I'm sorry. I, well, I think Caserta and me. Yeah. I really do. Because ice and fruit are there. I know they're there. <laughs> and M&M's and pretzels in some form are also there. I could make a case that something on everybody's list will not appear. Like, I, I think Caserta might be lost at M&M's. I don't think that's a guarantee. No, except I went back to the last three spreads, and there have been cups <laughs> of M&M's in every single one oh, of them. Oh, wow. So I think M&M's will be there. It's a matter of, of when they happen. See, to me, I could see a Schwartz with Bogus. The Diet Coke will be there. I could see a Schwartz mozzarella stick. Not existing. Like, for whatever reason, they had yeah. 15 other fried ones. They happened to not be two for five at the store that day. Yep. So we didn't get that. With you, I know the shrimp will... Actually, no, you had a solid one. Because pigs in a blanket will be there. They always are. They appear every year. <laughs> and the shrimp ring is another thing there for sure. So you're up there, too. Boyle, I think, is lost in that. I think bone-in wings could be a little too pricey on the Schwartz menu, so they may not exist. Yep, and too messy, too. Too messy. And for Bilotti... I think there's a good chance either boneless wings or potato skins or both don't make the appearance. Really? Could he go 0 for 2? Potato skins have only been there two of the last three, <laughs> and boneless wings have only been there two of the last three. So there could be a world where that exists where, you know, you line them up, and it would be such Pete fashion, right, to go 0 for 2? Ultimately, ultimately, do I think that all 10 or 12 <laughs> items probably appear? Yeah, I don't think we put them on the bingo card without. But it would not shock me. I think Bellotti is the worst card because it's the biggest, highest risk. So you went back and you studied the spreads of the last three Super That's Bowls. how I made my draft, and I knew Ice and Fruit would be there. <laughs> how did you do that? I just searched his Twitter handle and, like, Super Bowl and then hashtag Super Bowl, and boom, 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 boom. You see the, the hits come, <laughs> and you can look at the dates. It's a very easy game to go play if you look at Twitter. Wow. Man, that might be something we do tomorrow. Study the film on the Schwartz Study spreads. The film. And again, a lot of what we put here is there. But every once in a while, you just miss one. And by the way, remember, it only counts if Schwartz posts it. So we don't know. Correct. All this stuff could have happened if he just misses it. If it's, you know, four feet more to the table on the right, 
and you miss it, it doesn't appear. But fruit and ice are always there. I can't think of a more fun Super Bowl game than this. It's better than Chiefs-Eagles. <laughs> if you're chiefed out and you hate the Eagles like me, this is a better game. And everyone can play along. Absolutely. You you could make you could generate your own bingo card at home <laughs> and just follow Schwartz on Twitter. And it is inception because Schwartz family actually plays Super Bowl bingo at home. <laughs> different commercials and different kind of plays are on. But we're playing a version of that just with their menu. Wow. Very meta. It is. Wow, this is really this is some special stuff. So <laughs> today, the first three days. Pretty wild. Going into Thursday, we have the Chiefs nuns. Yeah, the Chiefs nuns will appear. You might have seen them in the crowd at Arrowhead. They will appear on They're the show. They're guys dressed as nuns, but they're Chiefs fans at Arrowhead. Are they guys? I think they're guys. I'm going to be honest with you. The name I got to text, it could go either oh, way. okay. Well, maybe there's... So well, I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah. I feel like that's a, not a question I want to ask. Okay. <laughs> we have the Chiefs nuns. Then we have one of the Wolf Chiefs fans. Yes. There's a couple of different wolf variations. Yeah, so I believe one of the wolves and somebody else, I, I've been sent pictures. I, it's been a lot. <laughs> They're going to appear Friday. I'll get to Friday when I get to Friday. It is funny. Super Bowl week, when we're out there, feels so long. You get to Wednesday, you're like, oh, my God, it's only Wednesday. We have right. two more shows. It's exhausting. I mean, every show feels like two or three shows. It shouldn't have felt that way this week. Waking up today, I'm like, man, it's already Thursday. And then I'm like, oh, wait a second. It's Wednesday. I'm, I've been one day ahead because these shows have also felt pretty long. Yeah, that's true. You know, I, I think you get through Thursday for a week. I will say everything that's happened and transpired here, blackouts, bingo drafts, I think that we are pretty high on the priority board to send to the Super Bowl next year to make sure we avoid all this <laughs> stuff. I think they'd rather us sit in darkness for four hours than deal with what they had to deal with back here with us being here. Just great. And um, Boyle is just, he's freaking funny. He's great to have on the show. He is, and he saved the day with Taco Bell breakfast on Tuesday, apparently. Uh, he, by the way, when the blackout happens, you know, it's like, where were you when it happened? I was so happy Boyle was my right-hand man in that spot. Honestly, more so than Pete. <laughs> I think Boyle handled it better because I saw how the two handled it. Now that's Pete in a management role. Pete on a board role? Whew. My head still would be hurt. So, yeah, Boyle's been great in that spot. Also, Boyle dressing to the nines today. Why do you think he did that? I think it was his last Super Bowl show with us, knowing we were in Marie's last time to see him. He doesn't know when he's back in. I think he went for it. He went with the, the black turtleneck, the chain. Twitch didn't like the chain. There were several people saying fake chain, fake tough guy, but the ripped jeans and nice shoes, and I basically came in the only thermal that still fits me. So... <laughs> You really match up against your peers. Do you think it had to do with any of the guests that came on the show? Oh, I'm trying to maybe a Lucille Burge. I mean, maybe he's trying to impress her. I guess it's possible. Look, Boyle, there's always a game with Boyle. Mm -hmm. Just know that. There's a game within the game. There's a game within the game, and he's usually winning that game within the game. So <laughs> there's always a motive. Somehow, Wednesday after LeBron passed Kareem and of Super Bowl week, we got into your favorite school lunches. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Boyle from a different era, too. It was big on the chicken patties and stuff. Yeah. So Lucille Burge, Lucy Burge had a good answer to that as well. And we really found out that Bogus, what a 
robbed of childhood yeah. in many ways by going to private school and just having packed lunch every day. And you feel, I always felt sorry for him. To have Catholic school and never have a cafeteria to go to where they served a hot lunch? Feels sad. You know, now I look back and I don't think I needed the open faced hot turkey in third grade. <laughs> I think that led to a lot of problems cholesterolly for me, and maybe Bogus has helped out by that, but still felt very sad for him. Well, so side B, you're going to be talking to Bogues about managerial moments this week. Yeah, managerial decisions by Pete. Uh, whether Pete has now absolved himself from having to be interviewed <laughs> on Thursday and Friday. Uh, Maybe Bogus feels a little differently than me on that. So just, you know, really go inside what, what's transpired here. Okay, that's side B. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Howdy doody do, and welcome into Super Bowl week. How are you? It's Mraz, it's Bogish, it's Side B of the BGP. Bogues! Good morrow, good Super Bowl week. How are you, man? Who cares about me and anybody else? How are you, our uh, dear Sean? I'm doing okay. It's Super Bowl week. It's Radio Faux Week mm. on the DA. We are taping this after Wednesday's adventurous episode of the DA show. I was out on Tuesday. A little sick day, a little health thing. Wish I didn't have to take it. Felt a lot like uh, maybe a Pete the Body in that spot. But anyway, came back to Wednesday. A lot of fanfare, a lot of excitement. We had Kenny Brock. We had B-Dub on. Kenny. So let's just start here. Stan Silverman, boots on the ground, appears on Radio Row to tell us, you know, he had done some axe throwing at a media watch party, all of that. I was told, uh, people close to me, Pete the Body continues to not be happy with the Dan Silverman spots. Finger on the pulse out of that newsroom with Pete the Body right now. So I was actually talking to Pete as the Silverman interview began on Wednesday. As I was on Monday, and I mentioned this on the year Monday, that when it began, he got up and left. That mm. was, he picked that time, I don't think by coincidence, to go get a fresh tea or water or whatever. But when I was with him, and after I walked away, I did not see Pete react. He could have turned the volume down on the speaker next to him. I don't think he did that. And as far as I remember, he stayed in his chair. So maybe he didn't listen. Maybe he hate listened. But I thought on Monday he avoided the audio of Dan Silverman. He at least sat in his chair and took the medicine on on Wednesday. Wow. Okay, that's fascinating. So let me follow up with this. You know, we questioned last week what Pete would be doing. So much so that we did the interview on Monday. Then Pete had to jump in his usual chair Tuesday with me out very last minute. By Wednesday, there was need for management in the building. We had... um, a minor, what's called blackout within our control room in which the show operates. Sure. The only thing that was working were the microphones inside the DA show studios. You and DA were able to hop on mic. I could not hear what you guys were even saying. That's how crazy the scenario was. Under that scenario, you turn to leadership at a time of need. Yeah. And Pete the Body very frantically tried to handle and figure out a problem with our you know technical support team. I I think mixed reviews would be what's out there for Pete the Body. 
there are some rumblings that the power outage was it, you know, a dive taken by Pete the body? Did he cause it himself to show the value of having management out there after many question what he was doing? I guess twofold, Bogues. A, do you think Pete handled a management role well? B, do you think he had anything to do with it? All right, let's start with just the way he handled it. Now, I've said this before, both on the show here on, and on side B as well. One of the intriguing parts of Pete is that in his job as the board op, to me, one of the requirements is to be cool under pressure. That when the you know what, it's the fan, you're the one that knows which button to hit, who to call, how to keep the ship afloat. But there are times when that calmness is required that instead you get Pete slamming the desk or some kind of anger, some kind of lack of composure. Oh, sure. Did not see that on Wednesday. I saw a guy who took some control of the situation, did some things to make it look like he had more control of the situation, you know, standing in a in a prominent place, looking at his phone, looking at this, doing hand signals. But I think all things considered, Pete did a, a, a good job from being in a different soundproof room yeah. and observing things. I agree. Uh, I mean, there were some curse words on it, but look, it's sure. a pressure-packed situation. Exactly. Uh, I think even the words... You guys better not be pulling any bleeping stunts the rest of the week. Now, right. I don't know why he would associate this with any kind of stunt. Yeah. But there was a lot of arrows slinged. But ultimately, right. I think what you learned here is anything can happen. Yeah. Anything can happen in radio. Anything can happen in studios. And if, if multiple bosses are away on a trip, there does need to be some sort of supervision. And I think we were all better for the fact that Pete was here. Now the question arises. Yeah. You might be listening to this on Friday or Saturday, and you've already heard the rest of the week on the DA show. Did Pete's performance as acting boss in a time of crisis absolve him from asking him on Thursday or Friday in interviews, what exactly is Pete doing? Well, first of all, pause that question. I didn't answer the bigger part of your previous question. Oh, okay. I think Pete is capable of doing something to make him look good. I think we all are. Like, if you're going to you know, take, take advantage of the situation, but I don't think Pete would have even thought, let alone executed a plan, where he knocks the power out to the entire console so he got to run around and be in charge. That's true. Now, he's going to tell everybody about it and how he handled it and how he fixed it, whether or not he fixed it or not. And like there's that, a lot of yelling involved. Right. The story will be told, and it'll be a very pro-Pete story, but I don't think that Pete actually created the issue that led to all of that. Okay, so did he earn himself a pass from having to be interviewed on what exactly he's doing? Like, as far as you're concerned, when you think of Pete being in a management role, has he filled in for me quickly and handled this? Did Pete check the boxes of handling his business? Pete, this week? Pete handled his business, but that does not mean that he there is not going to be another sideline interview Thursday and or Friday. As we said okay. on Wednesday, there's a, we'll, there will be at least one more before the week is over. So he hasn't he hasn't earned enough respect to not have to go. Now he did start us off the week with the great soundbite that he himself would not have put Jack Stern on the air. Yeah. So he's given us that soundbite. He's given us real manager roles. He's shown versatility to fill in as a board operator we needed. I think the, so far the story of Super Bowl week on CBS Sports Radio is not Maggie Gray hating kids, kids at press conferences. Right. I think it's Pete the body handles pressure well. Pete's had a good week through Wednesday. That's that's not debatable. But his crowning achievement right now is something that nobody could have foreseen. No one saw power failure and scrambling. So we still don't know what Pete 
signed up to do this week when he did in the past. Like, we don't know, like, what's supposed to be on his plate because he won't tell us. I'm going to take you behind the scenes. We peel back Please. the curtain. There was another Pete management role that not even DA is aware of. Really? Okay. The week starts off, and what would you say the week starting off on Monday, what do you think the big highlight was Radio Faux Week for the DA show? For us? Yeah. Uh, I would even say the network in general. I would, well, I'd probably say making breakfast. No, no. No? no, Not that. I was going to say the biggest guest of the week. Oh, you didn't say guest. Uh, The biggest guest of the week probably was going to be not Steve Largent. I don't know. Ben Franklin? Oh, Ben Franklin. I mean, Ben Franklin on the show. Yeah, you had Ben Franklin on the show. So we had Benjamin Franklin on, famed Eagle fan. He took a shot at Santa. Mm. I went out, very celebratory. I was getting a ton of texts. That was brilliant. I can't believe you guys got Ben Franklin on. Pete from the boss's chair. I I wouldn't have done it at the top of the hour. Heard of that. So he, because the top of the hour is known in the radio world for those listening, is kind of a reset of big topics and you capture the new audience. Pete's boss critique was he wouldn't have done Ben Franklin, the biggest guest we'll have all week at the top of the hour. You can't get, when Ben Franklin says he's available, you put him up. Right. He's Ben Franklin. He's a founding father. You would extend the show to get him on if you had to. Right. So is, is Pete saying that he's above a founding father? No, I think Pete sometimes falls into the trap of older bosses. Like, that's to me is an outdated thought that, like, all of a sudden it's 9 a.m. that there's this new host of listeners who are like, what's this show about? Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. And you open with Ben Franklin and, like, what's going on here? It just hit me, folks. Yeah. 48 hours after Ben Franklin comes on. Ben Franklin, who found slash invented electricity. 48 hours later, after we have enough power in the room to bring his, like, poltergeisted image up uh, you know from the other layers if you will the extra terrestrial world we have a power surge yeah of electricity do you think the Ben Franklin interview and having to use that much power to get him up through that galaxy do you think there's another founding father that feels jealous you think John Hancock's at the board that's sending a message like hey I'm available too I like the Chiefs have me on for balance John Hancock, a Chief fan? I don't know for sure. I think he's a Patriot fan. You'd think so. Did, were the Chiefs around but back then? Again, then? Oh, they're know, in the, the AFL. NFL. The NFL is so weird like that. I mean, there's Dolphin fans in New York. Yeah. I guess Hancock could have been a Chief fan up in Boston. I don't know. But, you know, Ben, we got to think about Ben Franklin. We had not considered that. This is real time here on the PGP that we've come up with. It that. makes some sense. All right, Bogues, on that note. Hey, great, great job by you two out of three days so far this week. Thanks, man. Really proud Fuck of you. Fuck you. Follow you on Twitter. <laughs> at Andrew Bogus. You could follow me on Twitter at Benjamin Frank. Take care, everyone. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.